It's time for the Stock Car Show on the Performance Motorsports Network. Powered by the staff at Race Chaser Online. Your motorsports, your way, every day. And now, here's your host, Tom Baker. Howdy. Welcome to another <laughs> Thursday night of fun and frivolity on the Stock Car Show. Here on the Performance Motorsports Network, brought to you by HMS Motorsport, the leader in motorsports safety. Visit them on the web at hmsmotorsport.com. And we are broadcasting live from the Race Chaser PMN Race City USA studios in Mooresville, North Carolina. Tom Baker, Jacob Seelman with me at the roundtable. Cisco Scaramuza with us as well. And we have Bill behind the uh, glass producing the show. Uh, Bill Holt with us and looking forward to kicking off another evening of racing conversation. Jacob big news this week we always start with the news wire so this hang on this deserves two bigs big big yeah big big news this week uh from the cup series actually bubba wallace announced formally as the driver of the richard petty motorsports number 43 for 2018 hang on let me put on my e-trade baby shock base huh <gasps> Yeah, uh, I don't know. I don't know that this surprised a lot of people, Jacob. But it didn't really surprise me. I'll just throw that out there. But to be clear, I think a lot of what everybody was concerned about, as I was for a while, Tom, was the money factor. We were all concerned about whether this was going to be a done deal because of money, and it seems like that Richard is not worried about that. He just wanted to get Bubba signed first and. He said, we'll deal with the rest of the pieces as we go here. Yeah, I think uh, I think it's a good sign that they've uh, gone and done this. And, you know, I, I have always thought that um, the fact that Smithfield was leaving was not as catastrophic as probably a lot of people thought. Um, you know, it always seemed to me that there was more than enough reason for uh, certain factions to keep Richard Petty Motorsports alive and keep it going and I think uh they'll be just fine. This is a to me this is interesting because Cisco this is not only the first foray full-time into cup for Bubba but you know this is also Bubba becomes the first full-time driver in the cup series since Wendell Scott. And you know what, Cisco, I full, full-time African-American driver. You forgot that. Oh, clarification. well, yeah, sorry. <laughs> full-time African-American. I think most people would have understood what I was referring to, but um, first full-time African-American driver since Wendell Scott. And you know what, Cisco, I think to me, that's the, the real significant piece of this because I think it's a good, not only is it a good fit, I think between Bubba and the team in terms of personnel, but, this is a really, because it's the king, I think this is a really, really iconic, almost, in one way, announcement and pairing between those two. And I see Daryl as sort of a James Hinchcliffe-esque figure in NASCAR. He has a very similar personality type comparison. to that, and he markets himself kind of in the similar way. He has the same sort of sponsors. So I see, you know, Bubba being able... And, I mean, he's a marketing machine. I mean, you know, the whole Domino's thing was hilarious about him, you know, all the commercials he did to bring them on board and everything. So 
Daryl is going to be a fantastic addition to that team. I think it'll breathe some absolutely new life into the whole organization. And but yeah, absolutely the fact that you know he's going where not very many people have gone before in the sport of NASCAR. And doing it and being a popular driver while he's doing it. And I think, you know, I'm not going to say he's going to, you know, fill fill a, you know, top tier, you know, fan favorite driver role immediately. But I think he has the potential to do that. I agree, Cisco. And let's say for the fans who may not have followed all the facets to this announcement that... Literally, the only thing that was announced this week was that Bubba Wallace is driving the 43 next year. There was no manufacturer. There was no, this is where we're going to house the team because they're looking for a new shop. There was no sponsor. There was none of that. In fact, Tom, the thing that stuck out most to me out of this whole press conference was when Richard Petty basically cut off one of the reporters on the teleconference mid-sentence and said, listen, look, stop asking about the things we haven't announced yet. We're going to announce those in due time. We're here to talk about Bubba right now, and we'll give you the rest of the details at a later point. And he was very emphatic about that, which tells me that, number one, Richard said it, he wants Bubba to be a part of some of these decisions. And he said that Bubba was going to be a part of some of those decisions because they intend for Bubba to be around at RPM for a long time. But that number two, it's not nearly as chaotic over there as some people are painting the picture out to be. I feel like, and I got the impression from Richard, that they have a clear idea of where they want to go and what they want those pieces to be. They're just taking it one step at a time. Yeah, it's uh, it is very, <laughs> it's interesting and I suppose a bit mysterious, but then maybe it's not. I mean, we don't know. I don't think we know for sure that Richard Petty Motorsports is not going to be a Ford team next year, do we? No, not I mean, at all. We don't. I don't know think we. That, I don't they think ask, we can assume that. No, we we can't assume that they're going to be, but we can't assume that they're not going to be. Exactly. That's a matter of what Richard feels is best for the operation, and he said that they're going to make the decisions that are best for the operation and best for Bubba's growth in the Cup Series. And I think that was a big spearhead to making this deal work, is that Bubba showed immediate growth throughout the four races he filled in for Eric Almirola, culminating in almost a top 10 finish. So, you know, there's a lot of positives to this. It's kind of intriguing in a way, as I said, because you've got a driver here that at least I've always thought ought to be extremely marketable. And yet it seems like nobody's been able to really position him, you know, from a marketing standpoint with a lot of full-time sponsorship in the past. And I, I'm really going to be interested to see how this comes together and to see whether or not there may be some of these pieces already coming into place that but they just, just aren't exactly right. um i i still wonder about the whole possibility of some sort of another tie-in with a team um or whether or not they might just stay as an independent organization 
It's going to be interesting. I hope Ford keeps them, honestly, because I do think that Bubba Wallace brings a lot to the Ford family of drivers if, in fact, that's where he stays. I think this team with Bubba is a team that could very well be a force to be reckoned with once they get themselves straightened out. I agree with that. And there's also a lot of enthusiasm to the Bubba Wallace announcement. Bubba's excited. Richard's excited. And both of them said as much during a teleconference this week that you guys out there in the listening audience now get a chance to hear because Bill's going to press a button and we're going to hear from Bubba Wallace and the King on 2018. I mean a lot. Um, No pressure on me at all uh, with the King sitting here right beside me uh, watching every move that I make. But uh, this is is pretty special. Uh, I'm excited for the opportunity. I can't thank Richard enough and everybody at RPM for uh, giving me this shot. Um, and even going back to uh, to August when uh, I was able to fill in for them during uh, for those four races and and uh, made the most of it there and uh, I think I impressed um, Richard a little bit and he he, uh, he called me back well he doesn't have a phone so he he, he or, uh, mailed me back <laughs> um, so that's uh, it's been a pretty fun journey these last couple months just uh, getting to know them uh a little bit more and more and, and better and better each and every day and, and now we're we're here for the announcement and, and trying to make the most of it well you know we uh went round and round when eric got heard about who was going to put in the car and you know bubba had been running uh some races and stuff and he was bad about wrecking i thought <laughs> okay thought you know and so we had to have a little talk with him and said you know just go out and finish the races and stuff but he he really impressed me uh first race he ran he got Caught four times for speeding down pit road, and we finally got him to speed on the racetrack. So he kept getting better every race, and wound uh, up eleventh, I think, the very last race. And they just repaved the Kentucky track, and it was completely different to everybody. So he he learns real quick. And uh, after seeing him operate with our crew chief and all the guys at the shop, and uh, with the sponsors and stuff like that, with you know, we're gonna have a whole new. Uh, look at Richard Petty Motorsports for uh, 218 anyway. And uh, so we said, uh, let's, let's just look at Bubba and see if we can put him in the car and and, uh, and just start a new leap uh, or a new page in the, in the Petty deal. And so uh, it was, it was pretty easy when it came down to saying, okay, this is what we want to do. And, you know, me and Bubba got together and, you know, we said, okay, this is what we're going to do. And then we had to get the lawyers involved and, Took us a while to get that squared away, but uh, we always knew what was going to do, and we finally got uh, got around to the day and said, "Okay, everything is is all set," and then it's in stone now. The NASCAR just had their Drive for Diversity Combine just last week down in uh, Smyrna Speedway in Florida, and obviously you've uh, graduated from that program and the NASCAR Next program, and watching the video you did on the golf course a couple weeks ago and some other things you've done and how you've handled yourself with uh, publicity and in, in the media's eyes. How much do you think those programs help prepare you to be ready at this level to to be a success on and off the racetrack? I mean, it definitely you know shaped of who I am today, um, for sure. It's uh, it's been uh, like I just said, it's been you know one hell of a journey and one hell of a story that we can all you know sit back on and 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 go through and, and read back through and just sit back and say those were good times and uh, going through the diversity levels and 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 seeing how the lower series of NASCAR works and just trying to manage that all and still having fun with it. It's a big stage, but you, you have to manage everything that comes at you. 
so you can perform to your best abilities. And, and that's what I try to do each and every race, you know, back in those days. And um, it, 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 we're here now to, to say that. So it's, uh, you know, very thankful for all the opportunities that have, have been put in front of me and that I've been able to capitalize on. So I've got one for each of you. Uh, Richard, obviously uh, a big deal to sign Bubba, and it comes at a time when, uh, like you referenced off the top, there's a lot of change uh, at Richard Petty Motorsports. I mean, do you guys go into this feeling like, you know, that you can really build a foundation around Bubba that won't just be, you know, here at the beginning, but will be a long-term foundation to really strengthen RPM? That's one of the reasons we, we looked at this deal. Uh, if you go back through NASCAR history, you'll find out that, you know, 10 or 12 years, a crowd comes through, you know, Pearson and Yarbrough and Pig came through, and then, you know, then the next next crowd comes up with Darrell or, or uh, Earnhardt, and then Jeff Gordon's crowd comes through, Jimmy Johnson's crowd comes through. It's, it's ready for a change. And we wanted to be part of that change this time. And so we felt like that then you've got the new drivers, uh, a bunch of new drivers coming in the cup stuff that Bubba's already raced with for the last 10 or 12 years. And there's probably six or eight of them that, that come up together. And now they're, they've made it to the cup series. So we wanted to be involved in that part of it and felt like that uh, Bubba was going to be our best bet to, to be to be right up to the cutting edge of what's going on. And Bubba, for you, kind of following on from what uh, Tim asked you a little bit earlier, uh, referencing all the work you did with In the Drive for Diversity, being a part of that program, and the fact that they just had the combine. Uh, you know, for those who are trying to follow in your footsteps, uh, what advice do you give to some of those younger drivers uh, that may be uh, paving a similar path as you are? Yeah, uh, like I said, you know, just you know, don't let don't let that moment scare you. You know, just you you've worked hard to get to that level, so you don't need to change anything. You just got to go out there and, and prove yourself and and use what you've learned over the years you've been racing uh, to be successful. So you obviously know how to win and, and get to that point. So just keep on doing it, and uh, you'll never know what what your uh, future uh, has for you. That's uh, Bubba Wallace and Richard Petty talking about perhaps the big news story of the week, Bubba signing with Richard Petty Motorsports to drive the iconic 43 car in 2018. We will step aside. We will be back with much more as we continue with the Stock Car Show here on Performance Motorsports Network. Do you love the sound of high-revving motors and the smell of burning rubber? Do you want to get your car sideways right at the ragged edge of control? If you've always wanted to try drifting or learn to improve your drifting skills, Summit Point Motorsports Park, the Mid-Atlantic's premier motorsports facility, has the expert instructors and the specialized track to teach you how to drift and the skills necessary to drift competitively. From skid pad to open sessions, Summit Point Motorsports Park has the safe and open environment that allows drifters of all skill levels new to intermediate to get sideways and smoking. With a focus on safety and the skill set necessary to drift competitively, Summit Point Motorsports Park's Drift Nirvana is just the thing for you. Call for your reservation today, 304-725-8444. Or for more information, go online, summitpoint-raceway.com, or you can email them at office at bsrinc.com. Drift Nirvana, getting you sideways the right way. 
HMS Motorsport is the leader in motorsport safety. HMS serves the majority of Monster Energy NASCAR Cup, Xfinity, and Camping World Truck teams, many IndyCar and IMSA WeatherTech teams, as well as countless SECA and club-level racers and driving enthusiasts throughout North America. Featuring world-renowned brands like Stilo Helmets, Shrope Belts, Adidas Suits and Shoes, HJC Helmets, Orca Driver Gear, Lifeline Fire Systems, and even Racecom Radio Kits, HMS representatives are knowledgeable and focused on only one thing making your track driving as safe as possible. With locations in Mooresville, North Carolina and Danvers, Massachusetts, the staff at HMS is always ready to take the time and help you find the right product for your safety needs. Don't settle for a second when it comes to motorsport safety. Stop in to HMS Motorsport. Visit them on their website at hmsmotorsport.com or send them a message on Facebook and tell them the folks from PMN Radio sent you. What an awesome game. What's up with your car? I don't know. It won't start. How are we getting home? Chill. My parents signed me up for the roadside assistance from Lewis Meineke. It was free with my oil change. They'll come and get the car started or get us home and tow the car to the shop. Good to know. With my driving, my parents never know what to expect. When you join the Meineke Car Care Club with a $35 preferred service, you get four free months of roadside assistance, including tire change, battery jump, lockout service, towing, and more. Contact Lewis Meineke, located on Route 1, or call 827-2054. When do you think of a plumber? Like most people, even if it's an emergency, you can be confident about who will arrive to help you. For quality and reliability, count on someone you can trust. Call on the plumbing services of Hague Quality Water of Maryland. Plumbing doesn't have to be an emergency. We handle all kinds of preventative maintenance, too. Hague Quality Water of Maryland is family-owned here in Annapolis since 1993. For a refreshing choice, call us at 888-84-WATER or visit us online. Hey, I'm Brennan Poole, and you're listening to Race Talk on the Performance Motorsports Network. Welcome back to the Stock Car Show here on PMN, the Performance Motorsports Network. Wow. Okay. We have some interesting music going on already in the show tonight, and I have the feeling it's about to get worse. As we continue with our show tonight, I want to... Start with a Newswire item that we actually first talked about on Motorsports Madness Monday night when we had this driver on the the show, but want to talk about it here for all of you that are listening to this show as well. Kyle Weatherman, Jacob is absolutely fulfilling a dream here, making his cup debut. And you know what? I like this story for the simple reason that we've known Kyle a long time. We've watched him come up through the ranks and, you know, he's kind of struggled in the Arca series this year. It's kind of the close but no cigar thing. So I think getting the opportunity to run for Rick Ware in a couple of cup races is a nice tonic for all of that uh, disappointment and frustration. Yeah, I certainly hope so. I mean, he had a couple of shots in the seven Arca races that he ran this year where he probably should have gone to victory lane. Yeah. I think Michigan comes to mind where yep, he was leading late sure. in the race and had a tire issue, got into the wall, and Brandon Jones ended up coming back from a spin on lap two <laughs> and winning that race. So, 
uh, you know, tough sledding for him in a lot of the races he's run this year. But you're right. I think this is a great step up for him. I think it's obviously a great way to start his cup career at a short track, which is where most of his racing experience going all the way back to his Bandolero and Legends car days has come from. And it's a fresh face in the cup series. And we've talked before on this show, Tom, that we are going through a transitional period and you're seeing it with Bubba Wallace. A lot of new blood coming in as a lot of the names we've known for the last 10 or 15 years kind of going on to other things. And this is just further proof of that. I hope Obviously, it's the first of many for Kyle Weatherman. Going to get another shot at Phoenix here in a couple of weeks as well, but excited for him. You know, glad to see Rick Ware giving another young guy a shot and uh, hope for the best for him this weekend. He said Monday night the goal is to keep the fenders on it as well as you can at Martinsville anyways and run all 500 laps, so we'll just have to see what he can do. Yeah, and you know, I hope that he's able to do that because it will be great practice for him. And then, of course, you go from the tight half at Martinsville to a tight mile at Phoenix, which is kind of a a diametrically opposed couple of tracks there. But uh, I think Kyle will do just fine and happy to see that he's getting his first opportunity to run with the big boys in the Monster Energy NASCAR Cup Series. Um, Also another announcement this week from the Xfinity Series, and this one kind of, Cisco, this one kind of caught me by surprise, though I'm not sure it should have. I know that we can't say for sure, but... Let me explain what the news item is and then what I think it could mean, and you can pick up from there. Biagi them best making an announcement this week along with Stuart Haas Racing that they are actually combining efforts for 2018 in the Xfinity Series. And the way this looks is the double zero that Cole Custer was running this year is still going to stay intact for 2018. The 41 car that Kevin Harvick has been racing part-time will now become Biagi Dembest 98 colors. And this is going to be an interesting scenario. Harvick still, Cisco, going to run it part-time. But remember, Smithfield Foods left Richard Petty, went to Stuart Haas, and we don't know yet if Arik Almarola is going into the 10 car, but, well, he has driven the 98 car for Biagi Dembest and won with it. Maybe this is a sign that perhaps Arik is going to be gainfully employed in that car uh, and in the 10 car for next year. We'll just have to wait and see. We'll have to wait and see, and I wouldn't be surprised by it. This reminds me a little bit of the situation and Andretti uh, when they brought in Brian Herta to field this car and also kind of similar to uh, when Gene Haas put Kurt Busch in the 41. I'm kind of seeing similar parallels with that. So I I wouldn't it wouldn't be surprised at all considering Eric's kind of floating around, not sure what he's going to do. I wouldn't be surprised to see him in the 98 and then who knows, there are a couple cars opening up at Stuart Haas in the Cup Series that may need a driver or two. Yeah, we have talked about that. By the way, small note that has come from several different places over the course of the week here, guys, in the fact we're all calling it the 10 car, but my understanding is actually that Danica Patrick, wherever she decides to go, if anywhere, for 2018, will be taking the 10 with her, and that car that is currently the 10 will... 
go most likely, Tom, I know what your guess is going to be, back to the original double Gene zero. Haas number. Yes, the double zero. Okay. And I, I'm just going to throw this out there that eventually that may be the car that Cole Custer hops into. No, that would be too much like logic. You know. I mean, who knows, but you would think. Yeah, so interesting to see what happens, and sort of a shame that Biagi Dembest not going to be technically a full-time team in the Xfinity Series, at least in the near future. Well, or, or, let me rephrase that, at least not with one driver, but I guess yeah. that's kind of normal for them anyway. Yeah, they haven't been yeah. a full-time team that's with true. one driver in a while. My and, concern was when they announced Kevin Harvick as being a pilot of that car was that nobody else would drive, would drive it, it yeah. besides Harvick. But, you know, the more I read the press release, the more I thought to myself, it doesn't say that nobody else is going to drive it. So I guess you can't necessarily assume that Kevin Harvick would be the only driver of that car next year, especially if, as signs would point to, Eric Almarola ends up in a situation to come back and drive that car now, part-time next season. Just saying. Here's a thought, too. Do we maybe see some Chase Briscoe in that car in 2018? Because, of course, Chase is going to be out of a truck ride, and we know that he's in—he's basically a Ford development driver now. So where does Chase Briscoe go? Could he spend some time in that car? I don't believe so. I think Ford Performance, as they have said many times over, has a very specific plan, and they've implied that they already know where Chase Briscoe is going in 2018. I don't believe, after they worked so hard to get him in a full-time opportunity in the Truck Series this year, I don't believe that they would step him back to a part-time opportunity. I think wherever you see Chase Briscoe end up in 2018, it will be in some sort of a full-time opportunity, whether it's a return to the Truck Series, whether it's a step up to the Xfinity Series. But I do think you see Chase in a car week-to-week next year. We'll see. Just a thought throwing that out there uh, also announced on the news wire this week Dawson Cram making his first start at Martinsville 16 year old former legends racer running some limited late models at uh, Hickory and NASCAR late models I guess a few races uh Dawson pretty green going into this but you know what this is a nice opportunity for him just to get some seat time and kind of get used to the truck a little bit in preparation for maybe some additional starts in 2018. I'm very excited for him. Uh, been able to watch Dawson race a long time, all the way back to a Bandolero. Uh, this is a yep. kid who's very wise beyond his years, has done a lot of driver coaching with some of the kids at the Bojangles Summer Shootout, and uh, basically that allows me to notate that Longtime sponsors Bojangles and Fluidine High Performance are teaming up to help make this opportunity for Dawson possible in the number 11 truck. It's going to be a family effort. That's how they've always done things, Tom. But uh, he's excited. He's looking forward to it. Biggest thing for him, and he has said this is the goal. Their goal right now is to go out, find the speed they need to qualify into the race. They don't have any points to fall back on, so they've got to be in the top 27 in qualifying on Saturday morning. But he's very adaptable, and he's a very quick study. I think he'll be okay, and as long as he makes the race, I think he's going to be all right, and he'll be able to survive 200 laps pretty well. 
Yeah, definitely going to be interesting to see how he adapts to the differences between uh, the late model and the truck. And, you know, the other thing that I think about when I think about somebody like Dawson is Martinsville has become the haven for drivers making their truck series debuts. We like to call them audition races. They're, They're going there to prove that they can compete at that level or at least be competent enough to be able to be allowed to maybe race up to a mile and a half track or whatever so that the following year they can expand their schedule and you know Dawson kind of fits into that a little bit as I said because they're looking I think if they can do well enough here to do three or four races next year. That's the goal from everything that I have heard. And just a key note, you mentioned, Tom, this is kind of an audition track. That's really how Brett Bodine, who handles NASCAR's approvals process, and NASCAR themselves design it. They design Martinsville as being one of the tracks that they require these young kids to go to for the first time, A, because it's the smallest track on the schedule, but B, because it's really a place where you can do a lot of learning and the veterans know what they need to do to not uh, get caught up with you and have an issue uh, in the fact where it uh, really alters anybody else's day. It's a good short track. It's you know familiar for a lot of these guys, the short track style of racing, Tom. And, oh, by the way, speaking of guys who are familiar with short track racing, keynote on the entry list for the trucks, one driver who is no stranger to the truck series but is returning after a two-year absence, Jeb Burton driving a second Young's Motorsports truck, the 20, this weekend with state water heaters and the Ward Burton Wildlife Foundation on board he's going to be going for truck series win number two and the first at his home track this could be a team to watch here because Tyler Young and his his crew put really good trucks together and you know we've seen drivers have success in the trucks including Tyler himself and run I think this could be an interesting race for Jeb Burton and also real quick just want to make a note that uh, Chase Purdy making an announcement he will be running the ARCA series for the championship in 2018. Speaking of fellow legends racers like Dawson Cram, Purdy, a legends graduate, will be running for MDM, and we're going to talk more about that a little bit later on in our ARCA segment. And with that, we are going to step aside and be back with more of the Stock Car Show presented by HMS Motorsport, the leaders in motorsport safety on PMN, the Performance Motorsports Network. Everywhere you go, you hear it, and you see it. It's coming at you through your phone, your tablet, and your computer. It's broadcast from your favorite radio station, TV networks, and cable companies. It's in the stadiums, the arenas, the ballparks. It screams for your attention at the mall. It's interactive on Main Street. It's even coming at you from the gas pump at the nearby convenience store. What is it? It's digital content. It's digital content. It's digital content. Somebody has to create it. Somebody has to manage it. So whether your dream is to write it, design it, create it, call it, produce it, voice it, host it, light it, shoot it, switch it, record it, color correct it, edit it, code it, repurpose it, tweet it, blog it, post it, compress it, upload it, replay it, or make sure it gets to where it's got to go when it's got to get there in the format it's got to be in. You need to attend Carolina School of Broadcasting. The skills you will learn, the experience you will get, and the connections you will make at Carolina School of Broadcasting will open the doors to the career you want in digital content creation and digital content management. Call or come by today. Click csbradiotv.edu. Parents, your son or daughter has had their license for a while now, but you want to make sure they're prepared for any situation they may face on the road. High school driver's ed doesn't teach them to drive defensively. They need to be prepared for any highway emergency. 
For less than a month's insurance and a whole lot less, BSR instructors at Summit Point Motorsports Park in nearby Summit Point, West Virginia, will teach your son or daughter how to respond instantly and positively to unexpected situations on the road. BSR's specialized accident avoidance training teaches swerve to avoid maneuvers at highway speed, ocular driving, which focuses driving attention on ways to avoid accidents, vehicle dynamics and feedback, skid control and skid recovery, threshold braking on straights and progressive braking on curves, and off-road recovery techniques. This is stuff driver's ed simply doesn't teach. So call BSR today, 304-725-8444. Give your kid the skill set needed to drive safely and responsibly on the highway. That's 304-725-8444. It's time to catch up on the latest from the New England racing scene. On the Stock Car Show, here's Tom Baker with Kyle Souza. Welcome back. To the Stock Car Show here on PMN Radio, Tom Baker, Jacob Seelman, and crew with you, and joined by Kyle Souza, our New England Motorsports correspondent, who also writes for our friends at Area Auto Racing News and is a part of the NASCAR Home Tracks PR team, uh, specifically covering the Wheel and Modified Tour. Kyle, welcome to the program, and let's talk New England Modifieds here for a little bit, specifically the Tour of course, Doug Kobe winning championship number five. But uh, another story I think this year that we haven't really touched on all season long has been Calvin Carroll and Calvin winning rookie of the year. And this is kind of cool because Calvin's a young kid, first year in the tour, and, you know, really got better as the year went on and established himself as certainly a young man with a pretty bright future if he could just stay with it and uh, keep active full-time on the tour. I think he's got a chance to develop into a winner. Yeah, Tom, great year for Calvin uh, in his first full-time year. He had run two races last year uh, back in 2016, but this year running full-time, uh, you know, they had their fair share of struggles. I talked to him earlier this week. You know, he told me this was the goal that they had put forward for the beginning of the year, and they were happy. Uh, that they were able to complete that goal. He does pick up the Sunoco Rookie of the Year award, winning that title by over 30 points. Uh, Walter Sutcliffe coming home second in that championship chase and uh, third place going to Ronnie Williams. Calvin was also the top rookie of the race in five of the 16 points events this year. Uh, Ronnie Williams was a top rookie in five races as well, so they tied there. But, uh, you know, speaking to him, he said to me, I'm glad we'll be able to take the rookie stripe off. Uh, and you guys know the second, third time you go to Thompson for a rookie, you kind of get more used to the track. And he told me uh, the third time I went to Stafford and Thompson, I felt like I knew the place a little bit better. And that obviously is going to help him as we go forward. Yeah, there's no question about that. I mean, certainly, again, Calvin, a young kid with a lot of promise and the tour needs that. The tour needs the young blood. You know, this has uh, been an interesting year for the tour in terms of Again, you see Doug Kobe at the top and some of the usual suspects, but, you know, we've got some young kids now that are trying to make their way, like Calvin and Chase Dowling and some of the other young racers, and I think that's uh, something that is really badly needed in the Wheel and Modified Tour in order to keep that uh, deal going for a while. Yeah, and I think names like uh, Chase Dowling and Calvin Carroll, as you mentioned, are going to be the future of this tour. You know, Chase Dowling agreeing to a full-time deal for next year he's going to be uh back full-time on the wheel modified tour which is great for him but you know as darling said over the last couple of weeks you know I've, I've got to prove myself and i think he did that at the world series finishing second to timmy salamito jacob and then carol as well i mean there's a lot of young guys 
that are trying to make a run. But, you know, over the last couple of years, we have not seen that young talent been able to defeat Doug Kobe. And again, the same thing this year. Yeah, again, the same thing this year, and obviously Doug's championship putting him in very exclusive territory with a fifth title, fourth in a row, first in the modern era to accomplish the four-in-a-row mark, and this puts him now alongside Tony Hirschman with five titles behind Mike Stefanik with seven. You've got Jerry Cook with six, and then, of course, the legendary Richie Evans with nine championships, including eight in a row, and (laughs) I'll be honest, if we're still talking about the possibility of Doug Kobe winning consecutive championships three years from now, then I'm willing to put him closer to Richie in the category of really, 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 really good. I will never say best ever because Richie has almost 500 wins, and that's just a moot point there. But, Kyle, you talk about the young talent, and I have a nugget that's not necessarily in regards to the young talent, but rather another veteran who, if all talk is to be believed, we are going to get to see back on the tour some next year, because a little nugget kind of dropping on Facebook after the World Series a little over a week ago that... We've already heard Chase Dowling is going to pair with Eddie Harvey for some races between uh, Eddie and the LFR chassis group. Rob Fuller going to contest the full schedule in 2018. But I think what caught me a little bit of intrigue and kind of off guard is the fact that Burt Myers dropped on his Facebook page a couple of days ago that he will be hashtag adding a one and also partnering with Eddie Harvey for some tour modified races in 2018 and I hope some of them are on the tour Bert didn't necessarily specify that but one would think that that would be the case because that's where Eddie's heart's been for a long time and good grief I hope so because I just want to see Bert Myers back on the tour yeah Bert ran well too in the World Series at Thompson when he drove for Harvey that, that car was quick uh, and yeah, I'm not sure that the full, you know, that's not going to become a full-time thing. I don't no. think Bert is committed to, uh, his Southern races back home, you know, the Southern modified racing series, yeah. of course, Bowman gray. Uh, but the races that they can run, I think they're going to run. And I think another thing for Dowling, if he has Bert Myers to talk to about how the cars are handling, since they'll probably be set up pretty similar, uh, that's only going to improve his driving style and his driving, uh, abilities on the track. So a uh, big benefit to Chase Dowling there as well, but also be a benefit to the tour to have a name like Burt Myers back full time. Of course, when they unified the tour, Burt focusing on running in the south, uh, only ran a couple of races this year, but it'd be nice to have him back on a, at least a limited schedule basis. And I think that would definitely be a huge help to Dowling uh, as a teammate, especially with Harvey as well, because Harvey knows his way to the championship table on the Wheel and Modified Tour. Yes, he does. It would be interesting if they worked it out, uh, perhaps a deal with the 11 where Burt runs the 11 when Dowling is running the uh, primary LFR car for Fuller to see if that car might not make a run at owner points. But again, kind of speculation until we hear anything slightly more official. Tom, the other big nugget from the end of this season was the fact that Keith Rocco, Kid Rock, did what he does best and won championships and won several championships. In fact, he completed a sweep of the three SK modified track titles this season in the state of Connecticut. He won Stafford again, he won Thompson again, and he won Waterford again. 
Yeah, I think Keith would appreciate you calling him a kid. Um, That's or, his nickname. It has been for years. Yeah, uh, you know, he's he's grown up now. Um, you know, Keith, the thing with Keith Rocco, I mean, we talk about Doug Kobe and how dominant he's been on the Modified Tour, and you associate Doug Kobe with names like Richie Evans, which I I get the comparison, even though, as you correctly pointed out, I, I think it stops at championships. You can't really compare eras or total wins, but gosh, Kyle, Keith Rocco in his own right on the SK side could grief. I mean, I don't know that anybody will ever be able to accomplish going forward what Keith Rocco has to this date and still is because, of course, he's not going anywhere anytime soon. Yeah, I mean, I think this is uh, something that a lot of people have talked about, too, over the last couple of years. You know, why didn't Rocco go full-time wheel and tour action? He did sprinkle in some tour races um, a couple of years ago especially, but I think his heart and soul was in the SK Mods. Uh, and, I, you know, this would be to me, and you know, I thought about this for a while, this would be to me like somebody running in the NASCAR Xfinity Series and winning four, five, six titles and never moving up to the Cup. Well, it's a little bit different up here because these SK Modified fields are the toughest fields of Modifieds weekly. Yeah, they are. Probably all around the country except, you know, a place like Bowman Gray. Uh, these guys are, are bo- bad to the bone. I mean, they compete hard each week. There's a lot of bumping and banging on the track. Um, and for Rocco to be able to do this, especially to me, the title that I think means the most to him is the Stafford title. Uh, that place has probably got the most competition with Pennick. Uh, Dowling out there with him as well. Uh, Pit Cat had run some of those races over the last couple of years. And, of course, losing his friend Ted Christopher uh, in the plane crash back in September, he and Teddy had had some great battles this yeah. year in the SK Mods there at Stafford. So great for him to finish off Stafford. Thompson, you know, he had another great year there, beat Todd Owen and Ryan Priest, two tough two tough competitors out there in the track uh, to take home that title. And then at Waterford, Almost loses this one. There was a wreck early in the race. He got a flat out front. He had to go to the back, got caught up in a wreck. If you haven't seen the pictures, check out his Facebook page. The right front wheel was not facing straight. I put it that way. After the end of the race, he drove that car with the right front wheel, uh, Mm. towed out a lot, and he still was able to win that championship by a couple of points over Kyle James. I think this goes down as one of the best things that Rocco has done in his career, winning this Connecticut sweep. I know the national championship obviously is up there, and I know – he would have much rather seen Waterford be a NASCAR-sanctioned track this year, but still, to complete this Connecticut sweep has got to be right up there for him in his career. Oh, I would agree with that 100%. Kyle got the chance to talk with Keith a couple years ago at one of the uh, NASCAR Wheel and All-American Series banquets, and just you really can, like you said, tell how much the SK Modified division and how much the racing in the state of Connecticut really means to him as a driver. So, uh, you know, like you said, good to see he had to work for the Waterford title, and I believe that's 15 NASCAR-sanctioned track titles at the Division One level now, second all-time. So you want to talk about making a mark in the record books. There you go. Yeah, the record book's something that uh, Keith is filling up, and I'm not sure, you know, Tom, you mentioned it at the outset of this discussion, but I'm not sure that somebody's going to be able to fill that record book much like he has. Oh. It's going to be tough. Uh, for somebody to follow up with his numbers, uh, names like Chase Dowling uh, may have an opportunity to do that if they run full, a full-time SKs, but uh, Dowling going tour racing, and I don't see any of those weekly guys being able to do what Rocco has been able to do. So congratulations to him. Definitely uh, going to be looking forward to taking all that hardware in at the Wheel and All-American Series Banquet come December. For sure. Let's uh, move on to... 
Seekonk, where the Tri-Track Series is going to be in action coming up. And $1,500 bounty for Money Matt Hirschman. Now, this bounty applies to anyone who can beat him. But, of course, if he wins, he gets that 1500 And, well, Kyle, they do call him Money Matt. Yeah, so here's the deal with the bounty. Uh, if Hirschman finishes on the weed lap and doesn't win the race, whoever wins the race gets that 1500 uh, if Hirschman crashes out of that race, then the bounty's you know is gone, uh, won't be given. But if he somehow is able to win that race, which I say somehow, it's very possible yeah. he will. Uh, he's won just about everything, big money in his career, and this year been on a tear. Uh, if he's able to win the race, he's going to win that extra fifteen hundred dollars. And Hirschman uh, earlier this year at Seacock on the Open Wheel Wednesday show banked ten k there uh, by dominating that race. I don't remember anybody even coming close to beating Matt Hirschman there. So that's uh, something we're going to keep an eye on on Saturday. Uh, I know Ryan Priest is going after that bounty. Uh, there are names like John McKennedy, Woody Pitcat going after that, Bobby Santos. So that's going to be fun on Saturday, really the final race of New England season uh, here this weekend. A late addition to the schedule at Seacock, but they're going to put that on. They're going to have a an actor uh, rules-based weight model race for 50 laps. That race almost 2,000 to win, so that's going to be fun as well. And they've got the INX Legend cars as well, 750 to win for them, which is a bigger purse uh, than what they're used to, I think, up here in New England as well. So that should be fun. Uh, you know, we've kind of wrapped up these big race weekends already. We had Lee, Thompson, Waterford, Stafford all done. Seacock concluding here, and then, you know, of course, over the winter months, we'll have plenty of time to discuss you know who did what this year and figure out where we're headed for next year there's a lot of talk about uh touring modified series a couple new ones trying to be added you know a couple maybe weeded <laughs> out so a lot of interesting discussion to come over the winter months and uh, as you guys know it's already the end of october time flies and before long uh we'll be back at things like the uh the icebreaker and the sizzler absolutely well thanks a bunch kyle Susie. we always appreciate your time and uh look forward to wrapping things up from seekonk next week and we'll take a break right now and come back with more motorsports discussion as the Stock Car Show continues this evening on the Performance Motorsports Network. You own a performance car and you know how to drive, but you want to learn real performance driving. Well, Bunky, get that car off the street and onto the track. Summit Point Motorsports Park, the Mid-Atlantic's premier road racing facility, located just over an hour from D.C. in nearby Summit Point, West Virginia, is the place to go. And you'll find that Friday at the track is going to give you what you need. For less than a monthly car payment, you can attend this regularly scheduled one-day instructional event in your street car on one of Summit Point's three world-class road racing circuits. You'll receive classroom instruction, skid pad instruction in their cars, including front and rear skid control and four 20-minute in-your-car instructional sessions from a professional instructor. Have fun, go fast, and really learn how to drive. Call 304-725-8444 for class schedules and details. That's 304-725-8444. Friday at the track at Summit Point Motorsports Park. The Performance Motorsports Network is a compilation of shows about motorsports. From technical to controversial to just fun, everything you like about racing and gearhead stuff is right here on one internet channel. The Performance Motorsports Network. Tell your friends about it. Hi, I'm Reed Sorensen. Racing has been a part of me and my family for as long as I can remember. I had to make tough choices early on to get to the top. It took hard work and dedication. 
but it's those tough choices that help me prepare for challenges I would face as a cup driver. Make the right choices today and be ready for the challenges tomorrow. This message is brought to you by the U.S. Air Force. Hi, I'm Chase Cabry, and you're listening to Ray's Talk on the Performance Motorsports Network. Now, back to the show. Well, welcome back to the Stock Car Show here on the Performance Motorsports Network. Tom Baker, Jacob Seelman, Cisco Scaramuza with you this evening. Bill Holt behind the glass producing the show, and uh, Chase Cabry bringing us in out of break. Speaking of drivers from the uh, recent D4D combine that was just held. And we'll Indeed. talk about that a little bit uh, later with Ryan Vargas, who participated for the first time this year. Uh, right now we're going to talk some ARCA and we're going to go to Kansas, Toto. And back to Kansas, I guess. <laughs> well, I guess you can look at it that way. Uh, we're going to revisit Kansas. Let's say it like that. And I'm sure Austin Terrio would like to revisit Kansas as many times as he possibly can. Uh, picking up the, I mean, w- when you look at what Austin Terrio and that team accomplished this year, they basically, anything that was worth having in ARCA, they took it. Yeah, though, to be fair, I think Austin would like to only revisit Kansas if it meant not having to blow the tire on lap 55 well, again and again Well, I guess it was again. more referring to the big picture. Yeah, uh, and, I d- and I don't disagree with you on that, Tom. Uh, <laughs> it was just unfortunate, I felt like, that after yeah. 19 basically perfect races, the 20th one after they had already locked the championship up was the one that bit them. But, hey, I guess there's no better time to have a flat tire than one where it doesn't really matter, so to speak. Well, no, in, in Cisco, I mean, really, when you look at the season that that team had, you know, they swept about every they swept every championship that matters in order yeah. to run them down, Jacob. The then we'll get Cisco's General Tire Super Speedway Challenge Championship. They won that. The Short Track Challenge Championship. They won that. The Drivers Championship. They won that. The Owners Championship. They won that. And the SNS Volvo Laps Completed Championship. They even won that too. <laughs> Yeah, I think they they won. It was. Did you mention the four crown? Uh, the four crown. Yeah, that's right. The Bill yeah. Frank's four crown. They won that too. Uh, that they, <laughs> they they swept the super. I I think literally the only thing they didn't win was the laps led award. Yeah, they swept the uh, super six there, uh, Cisco. I mean, what an amazing year! Oh yeah, what an amazing year! And sure, Kansas didn't go the way they wanted, but that means we get to talk a little bit about Michael Self going out there and putting out a performance in the Triple yes. M machine for uh, the number 28, and fantastic run by those guys starting eighth, finishing first. Hey, Michael Self, victory lane, thank you very much. Yes, the Dino Car wins, and oh, by the way, for MDM Motorsports, it's their fifth ARCA win with five different drivers in 20 races this season. That's pretty impressive as well, far as it, I'm concerned. Well, it goes to show that uh, that team is one of the top teams in the sport when you can do that, when you can rotate drivers who have completely different driving styles and levels of experience in and out of the car and still come out with wins. I mean, that's yeah. pretty remarkable. Michael Self, though, doesn't he, – he has his own list of uh, skills and talents and credentials, and they're very, very strong. I mean – Honestly, you know, to to pair him with a team like MDM yeah. is, you know, who, by the way, Chase Purdy 
is uh, running for next year. As we mentioned earlier in the show, Purdy going to get a shot at a full-time ARCA championship run. And, you know, when you look at a driver like Michael Self, who has coached other drivers, Mm -hmm. if you get into some situations where maybe we could get a two-car tandem going between those two in the same race and or even get Michael, you know, around to help uh, coach Chase, I mean, that's going to be an awesome opportunity for MDM Motorsports and for Chase Purdy as well. I think so. It's going to be fun to watch Chase grow. He's actually a couple weeks away from his 18th birthday. He'll turn 18 before the end of the year here and then get ready to, uh, to move on into 2018. And as we say, bigger things, but I'm kind of, I want to look back on this for a minute and just kind of reflect on MDM as a whole okay. this season because they basically did it every way there was to do it. They won in the draft with Justin Haley at Talladega. Yep. They won on the short track with Harrison Burton at Toledo. They won on the two-mile oval at Michigan with Brandon Jones. Um, they won, obviously, with Michael at Kansas, and then they won with Kyle Benjamin at Winchester, which is a, a bullring track if there ever was one. So other than you know a road course or a dirt track, they won everywhere else there was to win in ARCA this season. And like we mentioned, with a different face behind the wheel in every single one. And I think it uh, is not to be understated, Tom, that Michael Self is probably not the MDM driver that should have won that race if not for a late race tire call or lack thereof that really was sheldon creed's race to lose and you know sheldon is another driver who has been very competitive in mdm stuff and has had a couple of opportunities i feel like where he could have won the race Mm -hmm. and had them slip away sheldon a driver who is of course big time you know popular outside of nascar one of the the world's most popular drivers i would argue uh in many circles of the sport coming over here to nascar and stock car type racing which is something he wants to do more of um he's really had to make quite a transition and lauren here and and all the folks from mdm have helped him so much and you're right that probably should have been his race and cisco when we talk about drivers who should have won could have won or just drivers who have not yet won time majeski a driver you're real familiar with comes to mind again you know you're just waiting for the kid to to bust through and get an arc of victory and not yet and i i think he uh a little bit of a change of pace than the than the xfinity ride at uh at iowa but nonetheless majeski led 38 laps that night and you know he was up there all day and he basically split up the mdm cars at the end of the day because zane smith came home third so for for ty it's it's a question he's there he's got the talent and it's just it's it's almost the Kyle Larson, you know, the Kyle Larson effect from two years ago where he's up there all the time, but you're just waiting. When's it going to happen? When's it going to happen? Yeah. And I think when he breaks through, 
is when we see Ty Majeski go on a rampage. Yeah, and not just necessarily the Kyle Larson effect from a few years ago, but I would argue the Chase Elliott effect now, where you just get so close and either finish second or something happens. And actually, Tom, the second straight year that Cunningham 99 car has finished second because Austin Sindrick did the same thing at Kansas in 2016, just could not quite get the job done. And kind of a... A peculiar year for Cunningham when it comes to ARCA because they had a couple of wins with Dalton Sargent on the short track. They won at Salem, they won at Iowa, and they won at Lucas Oil Raceway. But outside of the short tracks, they just couldn't seal the deal on the bigger tracks. And really, I feel like that was, in a way, Dalton's undoing in the championship is... That's where Austin Terrio, and they weren't expected to be strong on the super speedways, but Terrio and the 52 team were very strong on the speedways that allowed them to open up that gap. And Dalton, you know, second in the championships, nothing to sneeze at, but it's not what they wanted. No, no, not what they wanted at all. And, you know, again, I, I just think it's it's a year where some years nothing goes wrong in some years it feels like nothing goes right and right. i think this year they although they've had the wins i think for the most part it's just been an off year for them and i i don't really feel like that's dalton Sargent's fault i don't feel like it's cunningham's fault i just think it's it just is you know yeah. sometimes it just happens that way uh another driver to talk about here a little bit uh riley herbst uh Terrible Herbst, as we like to. Uh, That's the company, yeah, not the driver. Well, just but to clarify, you, know, <laughs> you, you got to tease him while you can. Yeah, exactly. You know, Riley, uh, the rookie of the year, and you know, no, no wonder. I mean, he came out, came out of the box so strong, and that Joe Gibbs team just looks like it's going to be a team to be reckoned with for a long time to come in that series as long as they choose to participate. Well, I think that's the caveat, as long as they choose to be there, and we don't know what that is. We do know that Riley's going to be back with JGR in 2018 in the ARCA Racing Series, picked up his first win at Pocono back in June as part of his Rookie of the Year campaign. But the big thing for me here was Riley came from behind to win Rookie of the Year. He could not race at Daytona, and he was actually – a couple points down to Gus Dean entering the final night of the season. And it wasn't uh, until Gus had a late race dust up with the wall that Riley really became in the driver's seat for rookie of the year. That dropped Gus a couple laps down. He finished outside the top 10 and Riley finished eighth or ninth and was able to bring it home in relation to the other rookies in the rookie of the year battle. That was really the turning point for this rookie of the year battle was Gus Dean having the issue getting into the wall and Riley being able to capitalize. And I think that for me was really the hallmark of Riley's season. He had the one win, but he was very consistent and he took very good care of his equipment along the way. Really wise beyond his years in that car for much of the season. So great to see. I do think he will be a bona fide championship contender next year. I mean, heck, if it wasn't for missing Daytona, he would have been third in points behind Sargent and Terrio. So uh, you're going to have to look for that 18 car next year, and he will be a force to be reckoned with for the title. Now, real quick, all those awards you mentioned that uh, Terrio won, do they give those out at the banquet? 
Yes. Okay, so the drinking phrases at the Arca Banquet are going to be Austin Terrio and Ken Schrader Racing. <laughs> Something like that. And, oh, by the way, before lest we forget to mention this, in the pre-race Champions Press Conference, since it was locked up prior to the start of the race, Ken Schrader and Austin Terrio were brought into the Kansas Media Center. And Kenny said, my biggest dream for Austin is that one of those guys over there, and Kenny pointed out the window to uh, one of the Xfinity or Cup garage. I don't know which window it was, but he pointed out to one of the two NASCAR garages. And Kenny says, my dream is for one of those guys out there to call him and snatch him up. Well, But if they don't, I'm gladly going to have him back next year, and we're going to do this again. Well, that's uh, that would be one heck of a, a team. And, you know, again, some uh, some strong drivers coming into ARCA full-time next year. We'll try to get to that later or maybe on next week's show. With that, we step aside. We have much more still to come. Ryan Vargas on deck on the Stock Car Show. You're listening to the Performance Motorsports Network, the voice of motorsports. Green light. Hey girl, school zone. I'm getting hungry. Car changing lanes. You want to meet me for pizza? Stop sign. Intersection clear. Yeah, street. Pizza sounds good. Ball in street? Girl in street! (gasps) It's hard to concentrate on two things at once, like texting and driving. Stop the text, stop the wrecks. How will you stop texting and driving? Tell us at stoptextstoprex.org. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. Here's an important message from Rad and this station. Hi, this is Bob Sheehan from Blues Traveler for Rad, recording artists against drunk driving. I like to party just as much as the next guy, maybe even more. But the one thing I won't do after I've had a few is get in the car and drive. Don't blow it. Always choose a designated driver. Remember, music lives and so should you. Automotive technicians and auto service trainees, how would you like to work at the beach and perform for one of the best car care centers in the nation? Lewis Meineke is now looking for skilled automotive technicians to join their award-winning team. If you're a gearhead that knows his or her stuff or a young up-and-comer that has the motivation and drive to succeed, then you need to make this call today, 302-827-2054. Lewis Meineke Car Care Center, located in beautiful Lewis, Delaware, offers a highly competitive compensation plan, great benefits, a flexible schedule, and did we mention that you're going to be working at the beach? Plus, there's a signing bonus for the right candidates. Technicians must be ASE certified and have a minimum of six years' experience. Beginners advance at your own pace in one of several entry-level positions. But whatever you do, don't wait. These jobs will go fast. Call Tim at 302-827-2054. That's 302-827-2054. Lewis Meineke Car Care Center. Rev up your career. Hi, I'm Colin Cabrain, and you're listening to Race Talk on the Performance Motorsports Network. Now back to the show. Well, okay, so this is how it works. A segment or two ago, we had Chase Cabrain bring us back in, and we teased the fact that we were going to be talking later on with a fellow 
Drive for Diversity uh, entrant Ryan Vargas. And now it comes time to introduce Ryan Vargas and Colin Carey, Chase's older brother, brings us back. You'd almost think we did that on purpose, but I don't know that Bill did. Anyways, Tom Baker, Jacob Seelman, and Bill Holt in the studio, Cisco Scaramuza via the miracles of the uh, Race Chaser Skype line. And of course, this is the Stock Car Show presented by HMS Motorsport. Um, the leaders in motorsport safety you can find them on the web at hmsmotorsport.com and joining us via the race chaser hotline none other than the aforementioned ryan vargas who really wowed them at the uh, combine last week and ryan man we really tried to get you last thursday your flight schedule home didn't uh, make that possible but we certainly want to welcome you to the program and uh, congratulations on such a strong performance Let's just start out with, tell us what you thought of all that. Well, I mean, it was just such, I mean, it was such an incredible experience because, I mean, first of all, to be selected, be one of the 12 picked to participate in this combine, I mean, we're talking about drivers who have won multiple championships and all different likenesses of racing. So, and then, I mean, they were introducing themselves and you had Ruben, who's a peak series champion, then you have... Um, Fabian, who just won the, another Peak Series champion. And then you have Ernie Francis, who's a he- top-of-the-line road course racer. So, I mean, to be up there, you know, as a late model racer, that was pretty cool to be kind of considered as the same level as them. And, I mean, it was just amazing to be a part of that group, and it was a lot of fun. Ryan, it looked a lot of fun. And I know there's obviously a couple of components with the combine itself and i want you to talk a little bit about each of them i know the first day was more of a media component and then there was of course the on-track component Uh, talk a little bit about what you experienced with both sides of it and you know kind of how you feel like it went from your shoes as the driver well i mean obviously um like you said i mean monday the monday last monday we we uh had a media and media slash fitness day where we did mock interviews and mock press conference and they kind of just tested our abilities behind behind a microphone. They also tested our physical capabilities in a test where if it's timed and they kind of just see your overall strength capabilities, whereas push-ups, sit-ups, and a whole bunch of other stuff, so we can get your just the footwork even a little bit a little bit of that as well. So that was just really just to get a feel of what, who you are and also what you're capable of. Then on Tuesday we tested a late model stock car. We had all twelve of the drivers get into a late model stock car. And we laid down times, and they kind of just compared them off one another from what I'm assuming. And apparently I, I ran pretty well from what I'm hearing. And it was, it, I mean, it was a lot of fun. I really took took a likeness to those late model stock cars. They're a lot of fun. They, they're they a lot different from our late models out here on the West Coast. I mean, it's an incredible difference. I mean, just even the grip level. I mean, they, they run those F45 tires, or we, we run the Hoosier 970s, and and for anyone who does, isn't really familiar with the uh, tire compounds that Hoosier has, the F45s, when you see those in the tire barn, like angels sing and doves fly out of them. It's amazing. <laughs> Did I just hear that right? <laughs> <laughs> there, there is the quote of the night right there. Uh, so, <laughs> Ryan, I was going to, before you completely broke us up here i was going to ask you to talk a little bit more specifically about the whole difference the late models for our audience because the late models you run out in california they kind of have a mix it's called like an open late model right and there's sort of a mix of supers and 
different kinds of late models in there. Yeah, out here we kind of we, we kind of have like a mix between almost a late model stock and a super a super late model. Um, out there on the west on the east coast, they have the late models there. They have a they have a truck arm in the rear, and they have a little bit of a different front end suspension setup, and a little bit different in the rear as well. They drive close to a light, but they're very. You have to be a lot more gentle with the late model stock than you can with the late model out here. Here, we just send it off into the corner and hope it sticks. And if it does, sweet. If it doesn't, oops. Um, oops. <laughs> and it's just it's it's a lot of fun. I mean, and when I like I said, the grip level from one car to the other because they run completely different tires. I mean, I went into the late model stock, and I mean, it was just night and day. I was like, man, so that's what tire feels like. And it was. I mean, we were running real hard, running some good laps, and, I mean, not, don't get me wrong, I, I'm sure excited to hopefully get back to Irwindale here soon, but you know what? The late model stocks were a blast to drive. Ryan, a lot of people have talked about kind of your enthusiasm and your love for the sport, and I know that goes a long way back. You've actually overcome a lot to get to where you are right now. I want you uh, to talk a little bit about your story because I know you actually mentioned it on social media earlier today that not a lot of people know kind of your story and the backstory behind what you've gone through uh, overcoming through surgery, uh, craniosynatosis. Uh, talk a little bit about kind of the pathway through not only that's gotten you to racing, but just overcoming uh, the challenges that you've been faced with. Well, yeah, one thing that happened, when I was born, I was diagnosed with craniosynostosis. And with that, it's, it, it, essentially that means your, my soft spot closed and it left one side of my head flat. So when, right before my first one-year-old birth, one year, first year birthday, I had to get surgery and they, you know, did surgery, reshaped the top of my head and did what they, did what they had to do. I, I personally don't know. There's a video of it, but I'm not allowed to watch it, unfortunately. But, <laughs> Probably <laughs> um, not, unfortunately. Yeah, probably um, fortunately. But it was, but it was. Uh, it's really neat, and a lot of people. It's funny. A lot of people think it's a weird haircut or it's some ugly design. But when they t- when I tell them what it is, their opinions instantly change, and they instantly think it's the coolest thing ever, which is completely fine by me. I mean, I had a lot of people at the combine, even other drivers. They said, "I have to ask, is that a haircut or a scar?" And I was like, "It's a scar," and you don't don't even worry about it because I'm completely fine talking about it because to me, it's nothing. It's nothing bad. To me, it's more of a it, – it, it stands as a symbol as to why I'm here and why I'm able to still do what I do. And it just makes me more and more thankful for what I've become now because I know that it could have been a lot different. Well, and I know for you, because of what you've overcome, uh, you know, that's been a big thing of you wanting to push to be an inspiration to other kids who may be going through other things and to say, you know, look, you can overcome any of this and, and go out and live your dreams like you are right now. Of course. I mean, and one thing that's helped me do that this year was I partnered with a nonprofit organization, the upside of down who which raises awareness for down syndrome and kind of gives people a place to go to and just who has a family member with, with down syndrome, like family member, son, friend, even. So, I mean, it just, it's a way to inspire kids. And I mean, it's a lot of fun because I recently did a car show about a month and a half ago and I had a lot of kids that there are a lot of kids there and they were having the time of their life. And a couple of them even sat in my car and their faces lit up. And so when they heard, you know, I was a race car driver, they couldn't, they, they, they all they wanted to do was just talk about it and learn more. So, I mean, it's really cool to be able to say you inspire people. And now that I've started talking a little bit more about my, 
my uh, surgery from years back about my cranial synostosis diagnosis. It's, that's actually raised some support as well from people who have that, who have had children who've come that. So to have people say that I've inspired them with that as well has been another amazing thing to say. Now, we've had you on this show before, and I don't think you told this story the first time we've had you on. I want you to tell it. Uh, there was a conversation you and your dad had on, on your way home from school back before you started racing, and your dad basically told you, look, you can either race or you can do stick and ball sports. And I know for you that was, oh, about 45 minutes worth and an easy decision. Yeah, we, so we came off, we actually did a test in a bandolero. Um, we did a test on like a Sunday, Sunday morning. It was at Orange Show Speedway. It's about a 45 minute drive from my house. It was an all right test. I kind of hit the fence once, uh, Oops. <laughs> but that was my very first time in a race car. And, you know, we got it all fixed and I got back out there and did some laughs and just had fun. And so we get in the car, you know, get the car all, you know, strapped back down on our little U-Haul trailer that we rented. And we're going home and we're still in the parking lot of the racetrack. And he says this, he said, all right. It's a 45 minute drive home. You have a choice. We could either race or we can go go karting at K1 speed every other weekend or so. And you can go and play football and basketball because you're playing that right now. Like I said, like, but if you choose to be a race car driver, we're going to go heads first and we're going to make you a champion. And that's going to take a lot. But if we do it, we're going to put every ounce of our effort into it. He said, remember, you have 45 minutes. Tell me when we get home. About five minutes later, I said I wanted to be a race car driver. <laughs> yeah. Well, we've got more to talk about uh, with the D for D combine with you. So if you don't mind, we're going to actually hold you through this next break and then uh, bring you back out on the other side and spend some more time with you. Uh, that's Ryan Vargas. We are going to step aside more with Ryan coming up next. You are listening to the Stock Car Show presented by HMS Motorsport, the leaders in motorsport safety on PMN, the Performance Motorsports Network. Automotive technicians and auto service trainees, how would you like to work at the beach and perform for one of the best car care centers in the nation? Lewis Meineke is now looking for skilled automotive technicians to join their award-winning team. If you're a gearhead that knows his or her stuff or a young up-and-comer that has the motivation and drive to succeed, then you need to make this call today, 302-827-2054. Lewis Meineke Car Care Center, located in beautiful Lewis, Delaware, offers a highly competitive compensation plan, great benefits, a flexible schedule, and did we mention that you're going to be working at the beach? Plus, there's a signing bonus for the right candidates. Technicians must be ASE certified and have a minimum of six years' experience. Beginners advance at your own pace in one of several entry-level positions. But whatever you do, don't wait. These jobs will go fast. Call Tim at 302-827-2054. That's 302-827-2054. Lewis Meineke Car Care Center. Rev up your career. You hear that? That's the sound of America's only sports car. That's right. It's a Corvette. But not just any Corvette. It's your Corvette. It's that who cares if there's traffic part of your day. And this can be you when you come to Cooper Corvettes. With 60 years of Corvettes to choose from, there's always a Corvette in your budget. And they'll service any Corvette you bring in. Cooper Corvettes. On Route 1 just north of Quantico and Triangle. Call, click, or visit coopercorvettes.com. How to deal with someone who says that's so gay. 
outsmart them. This party is like so gay. Totally. Excuse me, but did you ladies know the word gay used to mean happy or excited? Then it became a word used to describe gay people. Then somehow it came to mean dumb or stupid, which is how you just used it, which is not very nice. Ew, that guy is on the football team and super smart, and he totally hates us now. Totally. When you say that's so gay, do you realize what you say? Knock it off. Learn more at thinkbeforeyouspeak.com. Hi, I'm Ronnie Bassett Jr., and you're listening to Race Talk on the Performance Motorsports Network, the voice of motorsports. Where did we get that bumper music from? We we need to. This is uh, one of those. Uh, today's Throwback Thursday. We need yeah. to throw that one back. Wow! <laughs> Holy cow! Okay, welcome back to the Stock Car Show. Are we having fun yet? This is the disco segment, apparently. Welcome back to the Stock Car Show here on Performance Motorsports Network. <laughs> Tom Baker, Jacob Seelman, Cisco Scaramuza, and. Um, dancing bill behind the glass in there uh good gosh okay let's get back to ryan vargas here shall we yes let's uh ryan one of the uh drive for diversity combine participants this year just having completed that a week ago um ryan talk a little bit for us about sort of the scope of the competition or let me put that another way talk about what it was like to be in a competition against other drivers. I mean, obviously a race is a whole different situation. It, was this, was this what you expected it to be going in or, you know, were there elements of this that you just kind of went, wow, I can't believe this is the way that is. Um, there, a lot of it was somewhat expected. I have, I have some really close friends out here who have been to the combine or have been okay. on the team, like Jay Beasley and Kaylee Barker. So I've had people to lean on, but I mean, I know that they changed up quite a bit of stuff this year. So I mean, the whole media, the whole media aspect, that caught me a little bit off guard. But I love doing media. I love doing interviews. So oh, I you're just went great and had at fun. it too. Um, thank you. Um, and then we did the physical assessment, and that was also, you know, I've been working all year towards that. So hopefully, I performed pretty well on that. And then same thing with the driving behind the wheel thing, behind the wheel thing, <laughs> but getting behind the wheel of a late model stock car. I mean, I knew we were just going to go out there and I knew what they were looking for. I knew they weren't just looking for a guy who can go out there and lay a smoky fast lap. They're looking for a guy who can lay down a lap, but that can keep it. And that was one thing that I was really focusing on, especially when I did a test with Lee Falk racing and development on the, the week prior to that, a week prior to the combine. So, when I was there testing, I was also there with uh, another driver who was at the combine, Ernie Francis Jr. Me and him became pretty good friends at the combine. But while I was there, I, my main thing was I got out of the car and I said, what was my time? And they told me my time. And I said, okay, how was the consistency? And they, they would tell me if I fell off more than two tenths, to me, that was a bad run. And I would go out and I'd run, run again and I'd see what I can get. And I'd literally, right off the radio, I'm like, okay, how was the consistency? Because that was one thing I really wanted to focus on. I mean, it, it was good to hear that I laid down a good lap, but it was another thing to hear when I was able to continuously run that lap. So that was a lot of fun. Well, and see, I guess that's where I was trying to go with my question, because 
in a racing scenario, obviously, it's all about the fastest laps you can run, and you kind of know what you need to do through the day. I mean, you practice, you qualify, you race. It's very predictable. The combine is a whole different situation, and everybody comes into it with a little bit of a different experience base and a little bit of a different attitude, and it sounds like the the test with Lee Falk really prepared you for what you were going to face the following week in the combine so you really weren't caught off guard by too much you just kind of went in with your game plan and focused really on being consistent and being uh as as strong as you could be throughout the day as opposed to just laying down the miracle lap of course and i went into it like like i would any other race i went there i did a little track walk I made sure I just kind of looked at the track, know where, where I need to hit my marks. Ah. And I looked, I studied notes that I was taking. I took, I, I first started studying the track, right, you know, right when they announced it. I, I mean, I was studying a little bit before just in case. But once once it was official, I went, I went to school. I was watching nonstop videos of drivers like Ty Majeski and Scott Heckert racing there. And I learned a ton. I about, I have about a page and a half of notes just from watching videos and talking to other drivers. Wow. So when I was there for the Lee Falk test, I took another page and a half of notes just from what I was able to learn. And it, and it could be from the basic thing as don't use so much brake to make sure you lift at this point and you roll to this point. So, I mean, it's just, it was just little tips for me to get used to the track just so I could know what I needed to do. And like, I, and one thing that I really liked about New Smyrna, it, it was really, it was really in my wheelhouse because, and I say that because I mean it's a lot like the tracks that I run out here. It's kind of like, I, I told everybody it reminded me a lot of Kern County Raceway. It remind, the way the way I ran that track reminded me a lot of the way I raced Kern. So that was a, that that felt like I was almost at home there. So it was a lot of fun, and that place was a blast to drive. Jacob, uh, very good lesson there. Be prepared take notes yes and and ryan is still school age so he's very good at taking notes now ryan i want to kind of look ahead just a little bit for those who aren't familiar with the combine uh, nascar and rev racing actually won't announce the drivers who are selected for the knn and late model programs for a little while yet but i know ryan you've taken a lot of inspiration through this whole process from a driver who went through the combine was selected for the program and ultimately went on to win what's at this point the only championship i believe for rev racing in the nascar touring series uh i believe somebody's been a bit of a kyle larson fan ever since you knew who kyle larson was oh yeah i mean i, I remember watching kyle larson when he came through the ranks of the truck series and the Xfinity series and now the Cup series. I knew, I, I like, I always liked his driving style. And when I learned more about him, when I saw what he's able to do in sprint cars, that made that instantly made me like become more of a fan. And I've, like I said, I'm pretty a pretty big fan of. I, I, you could call me a fan of Kyle Larson because he's he's just the all around racer. And I I'd be pretty surprised if he doesn't win a handful of championships by the end of his run. And so when I I mentioned it when I was at the combine to be able to go through the same process as the drivers like Bubba Wallace, Kyle Larson and Daniel Suarez to be able to do the same things that they went through just only lets me know that I'm almost there, that I'm getting to where I need to go. I'm in the right direction now. And that's why I went into this combine head first. Cause I knew if I was there and I was able to do that, hopefully I could capitalize. And so, like I said, I mean, there's 12 drivers there, but only four get picked. So, 
hopefully in the end, in the end, I'm one of those four. <laughs> Does it inspire you that you're really going along the same path as Larson and Bubba Wallace, who just made the Cup Series jump, you know, Daniel Suarez, that, that does it inspire you knowing that those guys have been through this path and have ultimately made it to the level where you want to be at? Oh, that, I mean, of course, because you see, I mean, look at the car that Bubba Wallace is driving. He's going to be driving the iconic number 43 next year. That is unbelievable. Bubba Wallace has proven what he can do, and he proved it by going through this by, by going through this program. He made his name known going through the program, then going to Kyle Busch Motorsports, did some races, did two seasons at Roush, and now he's racing for Richard Petty. That is unbelievable. Same thing with Kyle Larson. He proved what he can do at the Combine. He raced with these, this team. Now he's there. Daniel Suarez raced with the team, won many races. Now he's racing for Joe Gibbs. That's amazing. And so to say, like I said, to say that I'm going through the same process as they were, is crazy and i'm now i'm able to say that you know i've done i've done what they i have gone down the same path they are so hopefully like i said hopefully it goes down leads to that same way that they're at right now (laughs) well i gotta tell you you're certainly uh you're certainly in the mix uh and you know who knows if you'll actually be chosen you never quite know you know what uh, what's going to work out but i certainly would believe that you made the right kind of an impression and put yourself in that conversation um while you wait what's next for you i mean you you came back actually and you ran a race out in vegas yeah we ran the senators cup 150 a race that i race that i always kind of wanted to be in since i was in the bandoleros and we had you know a really good opportunity it was from rob kimley on unlimited landscaping to drive his late model we put a ct525 and ran it with the super late models to see what we can do and we made the race and we made the race and we were strong we were on the bumper of two-time track champion justin johnson we were hanging right up there with drivers like chris klein and all of them so we we were definitely a threat in that race it was just a bummer i was ready to go but the motor wasn't and the motor <laughs> decided to let go on lap 18 so you know it's just one of those deals it's one of those deals that's out of your control but we were really strong that whole weekend to be able to say that we made the race, not just make it, but we also made it with a late model. That was really fun, and it, it made it made it a really nice challenge. It was a lot of fun. I can't, I mean, I can't stress that enough. Even though it was, even though it was a lot harder than a normal race, it made it something that I had to work a lot on. So it was a lot of fun. So the motors get up and go, got up and went. That's a shame. Uh, Basically. What's next uh, for you? Any more races left this year? Uh, the next race on our schedule will be the November 11th race at Irwindale Speedway in our Hoseman Swift Springs and uh, AMC Inc. late model out there. It's going to be a $5,000 to win race. There's going to be a ton of competition there, so hopefully we can be up there in the mix, and hopefully we can pull off another win this year. we got two under our belt there at that track, so we can get one in the hunter lapper in front of a good crowd and with some money on the line that'd be a lot of fun and not only that ryan i think it would be special knowing that uh, that's really the last big race that irwindale's going to have from the oval track standpoint before the closure of the track in january i'm sure that would even make it a little extra special if you could pull it off of course uh okay so talk about when you kind of think ahead and if if you're fortunate enough 
to be chosen. I know that one of the things that you're already really good at, you're going to have to become even better at, which is explaining who makes it happen for Ryan Vargas. So go ahead. Okay, well, I definitely have to thank like my crew from this past weekend. I had Charles working on the car, Vince, and Robert for helping us out, getting the whole car kind of pieced together so I can drive it. And then, I'll, of course, all my sponsors, Hoseman, Advanced Masonry and Concrete, Swift Springs, Unlimited Landscaping, Competition for Wheel Drive Parts, and Engine Dynamics for all the support this year because, I mean, this started off as a dream, and it's, bec- it's starting to become a reality. So without people like them backing it up, it would have been a lot harder. And, uh, of course, Race Face Brand Development helping you with uh, all of your marketing and promotion. And of course. I know that uh, – you know, Rod was very proud of you and the whole staff very proud of you uh, for the performance that you put on down there last week and really for this whole season. And Ryan, we, we don't know what the future is going to bring, but we certainly will hope for the best for you. And uh, maybe if um, everything works out, you will be one of the chosen ones for 2018 to compete for Rev Racing in the K&N series. And we certainly would like to see that. Of course. I mean, it'll be a dream come true. Well, thanks for uh, taking some time out to chat with us here on the Stock Car Show tonight, Ryan, and we wish you the best of luck uh, in your next race at Irwindale and the rest of the way, and I'm sure we'll be talking to you again here uh, at some point over the uh, winter time. Of course. Thank you guys for having me on the show. That's Ryan Vargas. We're going to step aside. We've got more coming up here on the Stock Car Show, our fit stop. We talk driver fitness with Hunter Smith right around the corner. And, of course, we've got Martinsville conversation coming up as well. Don't miss that. You're listening to the Stock Car Show on PMN, the Performance Motorsports Network. Parents, your son or daughter has had their license for a while now, but you want to make sure they're prepared for any situation they may face on the road. High school driver's ed doesn't teach them to drive defensively. They need to be prepared for any highway emergency. For less than a month's insurance, and a whole lot less, BSR instructors at Summit Point Motorsports Park in nearby Summit Point, West Virginia, will teach your son or daughter how to respond instantly and positively to unexpected situations on the road. BSR's specialized accident avoidance training teaches swerve to avoid maneuvers at highway speeds, ocular driving, which focuses driving attention on ways to avoid accidents, vehicle dynamics and feedback, skid control and skid recovery, threshold braking on straights and progressive braking on curves, and off-road recovery techniques. This is stuff driver's ed simply doesn't teach. So call BSR today, 304-725-8444. Give your kid the skill set needed to drive safely and responsibly on the highway. That's 304-725-8444. You hear that? That's the sound of America's only sports car. That's right. It's a Corvette. But not just any Corvette. It's your Corvette. It's that who cares if there's traffic part of your day. And this can be you when you come to Cooper Corvettes. With 60 years of Corvettes to choose from, there's always a Corvette in your budget. And they'll service any Corvette you bring in. Cooper Corvettes on Route 1 just north of Quantico and Triangle. Call, click, or visit coopercorvettes.com. HMS Motorsport is the leader in motorsport safety. HMS serves the majority of Monster Energy NASCAR Cup, Xfinity and Camping World Truck Teams, many IndyCar and IMSA WeatherTech teams, as well as countless SECA and club-level racers and driving enthusiasts throughout North America. 
featuring world-renowned brands like Stilo Helmets, Shrope Belts, Adidas Suits and Shoes, HJC Helmets, Orca Driver Gear, Lifeline Fire Systems, and even Racecom Radio Kits, HMS representatives are knowledgeable and focused on only one thing, making your track driving as safe as possible. With locations in Mooresville, North Carolina and Danvers, Massachusetts, the staff at HMS is always ready to take the time and help you find the right product for your safety needs. Don't settle for second when it comes to motorsport safety. Stop in to HMS Motorsport. Visit them on their website at hmsmotorsport.com or send them a message on Facebook and tell them the folks from PMN Radio sent you. Hi, I'm Brandon McReynolds, and you're listening to Race Talk on the Performance Motorsports Network. Now back to the show. See, now that's more like it. That's the bumper music we want. Welcome back to the Stock Cars show here on the Performance Motorsports Network, show presented by HMS Motorsport, the leaders in motorsport safety. You can visit them on the web at hmsmotorsport.com or at either of their two locations in Danvers, Massachusetts, or here in Mooresville, North Carolina. And we will talk now to Hunter Smith, our fitness guru, having a fit stop here on the Stock Car Show. <coughs> Pardon me. Uh, well, there's the first sign that I'm not real fit tonight. But, uh, Hunter, welcome back to the show. And uh, <laughs> interesting that tonight's topic is endurance because, <laughs> for me, I think tonight's show an extra bit of endurance. Uh, but... Uh, Interesting, the definition of endurance, the fact or power of enduring an unpleasant or difficult process or situation without giving way. I'm doing my best, but uh, talk about <laughs> what uh, talk about what endurance means to a race car driver. Well, of course, all we always do is do our best. That's all we really yeah, ever can exactly. do. But, um, but that definition of endurance that I found, I think, is just awesome. And I think that's the greatest way to describe it is the fact of and like you emphasize that word power. I love that word power because, um, you know, we've talked about that before too with, you know, our strength training and typical stuff like that. Uh, but enduring an unpleasant or difficult process. And I know with racing, it's more so difficult. Sometimes we have factors that can be unpleasant, but we all love driving race cars. So, you know, nothing's unpleasant about that. Right. So, um, the difficult process, uh, the situation without giving way. And that's the huge part right there is without giving way. So, you know, endurance is really just a tough thing it's just staying tough and i tell a lot of my clients that all the time even during their workouts i just tell them like stay tough get through this this is a lot of just you know physical pain is one thing mental pain is a whole nother so and that's kind of a uh, one thing we want to talk about too is for a driver we talk about in racing we have mainly three different types of endurance that we focus on when in our training programs and we focus on muscular endurance we focus on cardiovascular endurance and then you know we've talked about it before we have the mental endurance uh the the muscular endurance is, is exactly what it is. It's making sure those muscles can endure that that pressure and that strain for those long races or even the short races. You know, we run you know we run a fifty lap race at Hickory or something like that in an Allison Legacy car or, or a Legend car or something like that. You still got to be able to endure that whole time. Those muscles need to work for that whole entire time. So you move into your cardiovascular endurance. That's that heart rate. We talk about that heart rate. You know, those heart rates are going to skyrocket during races, and then they'll have lulls. They'll have peaks and valleys and stuff, just like um, you know marathon runners. So. 
it, to keep that cardiovascular endurance up, keep that heart rate, maintain that heart rate, and be able to perform under that heart rate is extremely important for us too. And then just a little tidbit of the mental endurance. We talk about that all the time. It's, it's staying focused. It's staying on point, making sure reaction time stays straight. Um, so endurance as a whole, all aspects of it, is just huge in this sport. Well, uh, when you look at when you look at those three forms of endurance, is there one that you feel like is often hardest for a driver to ultimately peak or achieve at a very high level out of those three? Well, I'll tell you what, if I, what I would like to do is I'd, I'd prioritize them. And okay. honestly, all three are going to be extremely important for these, for any driver of any level of any series, any car. Um, but I would say that mental endurance is the priority. You know, somebody could be shaped like Carl Edwards. Somebody can be shaped like Tony Stewart. If they're tough in their head, they're going <laughs> to get through the race. They're going to win races, you know. And so the mental endurance, be it the all most important, is also the hardest to achieve. It is so hard to convince yourself, I can do this. It's so hard to convince ourselves that I can make another lap. I can, uh, you know, I can push this lap just as hard as I pushed last lap. And to say, okay, I, that last lap, my, my spotter told me my time was awesome and I gained on the leader i got to do that exact same thing again well what did i just do so the mental edge that comes into just so much to think about where that mental endurance needs to stay key all the times that needs to peak so to speak i'll use it you know your word that you used before that needs to peak all the time that has to always be there and i would say that's the most important but it's also like i said it's the absolute hardest to achieve you can achieve that cardiovascular that muscular endurance you can get that in the gym you go to the gym you run outside that can be gained and it's you won't even kind of notice it it just kind of happens um but the the mental endurance there's a lot of work that goes into that and it just it takes a lot it takes a lot yeah and I, I was interested in the two drivers that you chose there basically you had subway versus soda cookies is really what that was <laughs> yeah uh, but uh okay so um when you when you think about the the endurance aspect i mean it, endurance is not something that you can get in a week or a month. And I, I, I try to talk to younger drivers all the time about the importance of building that endurance, building the stamina, building, you know, the necessary strength and toughness one level ahead of yourself. In other words, you know, if you're at a late model level, uh, you're probably running a lot of 50 lappers, maybe a hundred lappers, or, you know, you, you sometimes have to run two or 300 lappers, but, you know that the next, you know, the next step could be, you know, into a car that maybe you're going to you're going to run 500 miles. I mean, you know, you really have to prepare one level ahead of yourself and be ready when that opportunity comes. Right. Because, you know, this stuff isn't something that happens in a couple of weeks. No, absolutely. I 100% agree with that. If you're, you're an, I'll use something more common that people would know. If you're a truck series, you're racing in the Camping World Truck Series, you're training like an Xfinity driver. You're getting ready right. for those Xfinity races. Yep. You know, if you're an Xfinity driver, you're training as a cup driver. You are training for what's coming. If you're in Indy Lights, I see these guys at Pit Fit all the time. These Indy Lights drivers are training with Scott Dixon, yep. with Tony Kanan. You know, there is no difference. You train for what's coming and you train for what you want. Um, and that's not only necessarily just in the gym, that's in life. Like, you know, you you go after what you want. If you really want it, you got to act that part. You show people you know what you're talking about and stuff like that. So if you go in there and you train like the driver you want to be, you'll 
become that driver. It's in, and I'm not saying overnight, like we talked about, it's just, it's, it's all a process. You know, I can take somebody as a trainer, as a fitness professional, I can take somebody and teach them how to run a marathon. That's great, but I'm not going to teach them how to run a marathon in a week. You know, in five weeks, you're going to run a 5k in six weeks, eight weeks, you're going to run a 10k. It's all steps. It's baby steps. It's just like that, but it's got to be done properly. And, And we talked about it before. It's why the importance of fitness professionals in the sport is so important. Yeah, and you and I talked a little bit last week about uh, the whole driver strength sort of thing, and we were we were having the conversation. I made the remark that you know it seems like back in the you know in the older days, people say, well, you know, those guys weren't fit; those guys didn't worry about all this stuff. And and the, the point that we both made was, you know, then Mark Martin showed up, and then you know it was you know Carl Edwards or whoever. But yeah. you know the whole the whole sport changed, and and what happened was those guys back in in that day didn't have to be as fit because their competitors weren't any more fit than mm-hmm. they were. I mean, it was just you know, and then it came to a point where now if you're not mountain biking and doing all of this sort of you know strength training and and all of that. Um, you're you're just not going to keep up with these guys, at the, especially at the cup level. So you know you really almost have to be. It's a whole different style of racing now, and level of aggression for so much longer than it used to be. Yeah, and and no, that's exactly what you're talking about. It's a different breed of driver. It's yeah. a different breed of the whole sport, really. So those guys back in the day, back in the the 60s, the 70s, 80s of the sport, they had the mental toughness. They 110 yep. percent had the mental toughness. Um, did they have the physical strength? Probably not. In reality, yeah, they muscled the cars and stuff like that. But a lot of that, believe it or not, was most likely their adrenaline. You know, they got in these cars. They had to. They had to run to feed their families. You know, that week they they had to do all this stuff. They had more on the line. They made it work. They had to be mentally tough and did it. Today, that's not necessarily the case. You know, it's a little bit different circumstances that these drivers are in these cars, um, and they're going out there to perform the best that they can do to live their dream out and, and run well and perform for their team, their sponsors, all that kind of stuff. But the person next to them is, is, you know, trying to beat them and is trying to beat them on the track, off the track. So you need to be, you need to keep up with them everywhere. You can't just keep up with each other on the track. You know, okay. Chase Elliott's car is going to be just as fast as Daniel Suarez's car. They're equal. Say they're, let's say they're equal cars. For example, you know, somewhere there's got to be an edge and yeah. that edge is going to be in the driver, whether it's their well, mental toughness or if it's their physical ability. Well, that's true. I mean, I think, you know, drivers back in the day without the power steering and all that, you had to run the same amount of miles or whatever laps, you know, they were more sort of what I would call bowl tough, you know, oh, yeah. it wasn't the same kind of fitness that you get today where you have all of Different. the, yeah, the technologies and, and everybody is, you know, a, a lot of the drivers are built like jockeys today, you yeah. know, really, you know, just very skinny, very lean, you know, drivers back then were just big and broad and, you know, and, mm-hmm. and just what, like I said, bull tough. My dad was that kind of tough too, from the work that he did for years, but it, um, it's just like, as we've said, very different. Okay, so, you know, you take a quick look ahead here. You know, we're at Martinsville, a short track with the uh, the, the Camping World Truck Series and the Cup Series. Yeah, definitely. Martinsville is a really cool track as far as the uh, fitness side of things yep. go. You got the long straightaways. You got the really tight corners. So really tight corners are going to be um, tough on the neck, tough on different parts of the body with those G-forces and whatnot. Um, so that'll be interesting to see. And that's a long race, too. 500 laps at Martinsville is like you know, putting 43 cars in a blender. It's it's 
mentally exhausting. Um, two inches off the guy next to you, it's relatively as a, although as of late, it's been on quite a two lane track. People can run um, an outside lane and make passes and stuff there. So over the last couple of years or so, but um, but yeah, it'll definitely be interesting. I'm excited to see who prevails there this weekend. A lot on the line with the playoffs and stuff. So it'll be really cool. Autodromo Hermanos Rodriguez for the F1 yeah. series. And this is one of those tracks that I think the F1 series looks forward to every year. Oh, yeah. This is a very, very fast track for these guys. You got long straightaways. You got some tight corners, but even some of the corners are fast. The, you know, the amount of grip you have in these cars, they're fast corners. So um, really neat. I, I've watched a lot of this past week. I've actually watched a lot of training for some other reason. I've been really interested in um, just this week was like F1 week. I was watching a lot of different drivers train and how they are doing kind of different stuff. And um, training for this week, they're doing a lot of quick movements, a lot of reaction time uh, and stuff like that. So that's going to be really cool. And I'm excited to see uh, the championship battle even there play out and see what happens there sebastian vettel kept it alive in uh in in the u.s here so we'll see what happens and with that we uh will step aside that we will close up our fit stop hunter gonna stick around for our lightning round as he always does we will uh take a short break when we come back the lightning round commences on the stock car show presented by hms motorsport the leaders in motorsport safety you're listening to the show on pmn the performance motorsports network When do you think of a plumber? Like most people, even if it's an emergency, you can be confident about who will arrive to help you. For quality and reliability, count on someone you can trust. Call on the plumbing services of Hague Quality Water of Maryland. Plumbing doesn't have to be an emergency. We handle all kinds of preventative maintenance, too. Hague Quality Water of Maryland is family-owned here in Annapolis since 1993. For a refreshing choice, call us at 888-84-WATER or visit us online. Here at Lewis Meineke, we're more than just your average car care center. Hey, it's Dave, your neighbor from Lewis Meineke. Whether you need an oil change, brakes, tires, or anything under the hood, we've got you covered. Take advantage of our free check engine light service as well. Yes, free. And don't forget about our free shuttle service. Never stress, we'll take care of the rest. On with life. Give us a call at Lewis Meineke, 302-827-2054. Do you love the sound of high-revving motors and the smell of burning rubber? Do you want to get your car sideways right at the ragged edge of control? If you've always wanted to try drifting or learn to improve your drifting skills, Summit Point Motorsports Park, the Mid-Atlantic's premier motorsports facility, has the expert instructors and the specialized track to teach you how to drift and the skills necessary to drift competitively. From skid pad to open sessions, Summit Point Motorsports Park has the safe and open environment that allows drifters of all skill levels new to intermediate to get sideways and smoking with a focus on safety and the skill set necessary to drift competitively summit point motorsports parks drift nirvana is just the thing for you call for your reservation today 304-725-8444 or for more information go online summitpoint-raceway.com or you can email them at office at bsrinc.com drift nirvana getting you sideways the right way If you own a gun, you have a full-time responsibility. When you aren't using it, be sure it can't get into the hands of curious children, troubled teenagers, a thief, or anyone else who might misuse it. Your family, friends, and neighbors are all counting on you. Remember, always lock it up. For more information on firearm storage safety, visit ncpc.org. This message brought to you by the National Crime Prevention Council, the Bureau of Justice Assistance, and the Ad Council. 
Hi, I'm Spencer Davis, and you're listening to Race Talk on the Performance Motorsports Network. Now back to the show. See, we're supposed to rock out. That's the whole point. Welcome back to the Stock Car Show here on the Performance Motorsports Network. Tom Baker, Jacob Seelman, Cisco Scaramuza, Hunter Smith, Bill Holt behind the glass back there, producing quite capably. Uh, <laughs> Hunter typing in our chat. Where's the Conway Twitty? Not on this show. You want it? Oh, you want? On. You want Conway Twitty? Go to Carolina Speedway on a Friday night, and Mark will guarantee you Conway Twitty at some point during the evening. Uh, okay, we will. We will move to our lightning round now where there will be no Conway Twitty, but we will talk Martinsville. <laughs> and gosh, you know, I don't even know where I want to start here because I feel like, Jacob, there there are so many storylines going into this race, but here's the one I want to start with. Yes or no. Well, let's do this in percentage form, actually. In percentage form, chances that Chase Elliott takes the 24 car to victory lane at Martinsville. It has a sterling record there. Chances we get the first win finally at Martinsville on Sunday. Only because I'm a realist and I feel, you know, if you start the race, there's a chance. One. (laughs) I'm sorry, but Chase has shown me. Listen, I have seen absolutely nothing this season to tell me that A, that team, or B, Chase Elliott knows how to close out a race. I'm sorry if you want to send me hate mail. Do it. I don't care. My story, and I'm sticking to it until they prove to me that they can actually close out a race and do it. I will have no faith because they have had victory in their grasp again and again and again and again, and they have choked it away again and again and again and again. Key point, Dover. Cisco? Wow, okay. Um, I'm going to give him a little bit of better odds. I'm going to give him a 24 percent chance of winning the race ha, not because ha, ha. i can get away with the with the cheap pander but also because it's a hendrick car at martinsville and i mean we've seen guys who haven't won a race all year show up to martinsville and go out and win that race so will it be chase i don't know but all i know is i rhymed pretty well there <laughs> you're a poet and you didn't even know it hunter smith any love for chase him, uh... I don't think he'll win. I really don't think he'll win. Um, although, you know, Danik is in the race, so I'll give him a 1 in 39 shot. So we'll see what happens. <gasps> oh! Wow! Ouch! Okay, there goes our female audience. Uh, that would be Hunter at. Uh, wow. So you guys all need Listen. Snickers bars. Goodness yeah. gracious, mean-spirited people Okay, here. so then what percentage chance are you giving him? A 60. wise one? 60% <laughs> wow. chance. So let me tell you why You're I crazy. am. Let me tell you why I am. 
Because, number one, this is a short track, so that means about half the field could wind up winning this race. And number two, Chase Elliott is not afraid to mix it up when he has to. The problem I think Chase has had is toward the end of the race, he's not as aggressive as he needs to be, and sometimes he makes bad choices. And, and that's Dover, the problem Dover is literally the perfect example. Now, but we're at a point where I think there's a countdown clock in Chase's head. Okay, I've yeah. got to believe that that team, part of the conversation in that garage right now with that team is we don't have many opportunities left. And I think, I'm not saying Chase will win, but I am saying I think he's going to do a whole lot better than you guys think he is. And I think if Chase is in the lead or in a position to win at the end of this race, you're going to see a little bit of a different Chase Elliott than what you've seen over uh, the, the, the course of this season so far. I would even go so far as to say it will be somewhere in the Chris Bell All I've got to say about that is you said the one reason why I don't believe that he will win. It's because, and he has not been aggressive enough. Martinsville is a track where to win, you must be aggressive. Case in point, Jimmy Johnson moving Jeff Gordon on the last lap about I a think decade Chase, ago. Yeah, well, I think Chase, honestly, he's uh, got to be now, aggressive, I think but I don't believe he's he probably. Will be. I believe he's going to go in with a little bit of a feisty attitude, to be honest. We'll see. Uh, but we will see. Okay, so uh, next lightning round question. Next percentage. Okay. Martin Truex fails to finish in the top five. Percentage. <laughs> One. I'm sorry. Number one, they have the number one pit stall. Number two, it's the 78 team. The only way they're not finishing in the top five is if they get dumped with 50 to go. And honestly, I think they're going to be too quick to get dumped. Okay. Uh, Hunter, we'll go to you. Uh, I definitely think he'll finish in the top 10 just because, like Jacob said, it's Martin Truex well, Jr. Now, and it's I said that, top it's five. It's 78 team. Top five. I, I, Percentage? I just don't picture. Chance he does not I, finish I, in the top five. Chance he doesn't finish. I'll give it a 50-50 shot. He's either going to finish in the top five or you're, you're, he's going to be in the top 10. It's one of the two. He, I don't think he'll be. <laughs> I don't think he'll be in the top five. That's just my opinion. This he's got a better shot. This political not. position brought to you by Hunter Smith. He approves of this message. Uh, Cisco. Uh, can you get off the the fifty fifty fence one way or the other? Yeah, I'm gonna say honestly, I, I want to be on the fifty 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 fence with Hunter, but I'm not allowed to be. So I didn't say you weren't allowed. I'm gonna I say you more could. likely, yeah. I'm gonna say sixty seventy five percent that he will make it up there. I do want to note though, in April he finished sixteenth there, and then in the race here one year ago he finished seventh. So which that's the stats, which is why I put this question out there. And I believe that there is a 60 percent chance. I will stick with my number 60 percent that he does not finish in the top five. Martin Truex is not. And and I don't want to say he's not a a good short track racer, but that's not been that team's forte. And as much as I believe what I see and as much as they they're having a dream season, this this situation, Jacob, feels to me like the perfect recipe for some real rock'em, sock'em, crash'em at the end kind of action 
and maybe a surprise winner, not necessarily first time, just somebody we wouldn't really be expecting, or it may be a Kyle Busch domination. Well, (laughs) I hate to be that guy, but Martin Truex does have one thing going for him right now, and that's the forecast. As of now, it looks like we're going to have a really good shot that qualifying is going to be rained out. On Sunday, because qualifying is actually Sunday at noon prior to the race. So, here's the deal. We've already spotted Truex the number one pit stall by virtue of him winning the poll last week at Kansas. Now, there's a good chance we're going to spot him the poll, and you really want to tell me he's not going to finish in the top five I'm sorry. I'm going to laugh at well, you guys when he laps the field on Sunday. Well, I don't. I just. I don't know. I don't have. Um, again, I'm not saying he won't finish in the top five. He might go out and lap the field, but I just think that this is one of those races, and we've seen these Martinsville setups before, where you know it, it just turns into a. I don't want to say crash fest, but. You know, you you get sort of the I'm moving you out of the way or I'm stuffing him in the wall or we have three late race cautions because people are trying to be aggressive at the end. And I I just really feel like this may not be Martin Truex's best race. And I'll throw something else out. I think there are some drivers going into this race and in in this round who really feel like they're going to have to turn up the wick a little bit in order to make it to the championship round. And yes, you look at a Jimmy Johnson, you look at, you know, a a driver like, well, I think Jimmy is probably the best. I'll tell you another driver I'm watching on Sunday is Ryan Blaney, because I think Blaney has got a shot to win this thing. And I think he's another one that's going to take no prisoners on Sunday, he's going to be as aggressive as he needs to be. Um, I'm not sure this is a lock for Martin Truex unless he just has pure speed. And I don't believe he's going to be able to show that here. Kyle Busch, Denny Hamlin, Jimmy Johnson, guys like that, Blaney, they're all going to be fast. And even Larson, I think, Jacob, is a driver to watch because Kyle has nothing to lose now. Two words, Brad Keselowski. There's another Statistically, one. Statistically, yeah. over the last... Four or five races at Martinsville, Brad has been one of the best, sure. and he won the race there in the spring. He's my dark horse going into this now. <laughs> yeah, interesting. We call Brad a dark horse anywhere. Yeah. I have a lightning round question before we get All done All right, with go this. ahead. Who out of the playoff field not named Martin Truex or Kyle Busch, because they've been the two dominant drivers here. And Cisco, I'll let you start this. Who has the best shot to be a surprise in the final four at Homestead? A surprise in the final four? Yes. Somebody you would, somebody at, that, as the season has gone on, we wouldn't necessarily say they're a favorite to be there. Ryan Blaney, 21. I'm because tending to agree with been- that. He's been around, and he's kind of playing the Jimmy Johnson card in a way where he's around, and you know he's doing the he's making the finishes he needs to move up round by round by round. The twenty one hasn't had I don't think breakneck speed, and he hasn't been able to go up and you know pass the seventy eight necessarily, but he's there. And I mean, we just look back to last year. 
Look what look where you could be if you're just there at the right time. So I think Ryan Blaney. All right, Hunter. Uh, as far as a surprise, I agree with Ryan Blaney, but I also have to say the 48 car. I think the 48 has a strong, strong history of these final three races before the Homestead race. You look at Texas, you look at, uh, he runs decent at Phoenix and he runs really well at Martinsville. So I think the 48 could punch their ticket this weekend or even next weekend. I think they have a really good shot at it, but they haven't had that, you know, like Cisco talked that breakneck speed. They haven't had that all year. They've just kind of been there they've been there enough to get to where they're at but i definitely think you could see them in the final four thank you that's exactly where i was going with this jimmy johnson is my surprise and i know gasp we're calling jimmy johnson a surprise but you know what they limped and i mean limped into the round of eight literally two spins later but this is his best shot and if not here, if they can find enough pace to contend with Martin Truex, I believe they still have a shot at Texas. But Jimmy leads every statistical category here except for average starting position. At least every one that matters. Wins, top fives, top tens, polls, all of it, Tom. Jimmy Johnson is never a surprise for me in a championship fight. Therefore, okay, who I is DQ. it? Ryan Blaney. And I, I think Blaney makes the Final Four, and I think there's a chance he goes out on Sunday and wins. At Martinsville? Yes. Okay, fair enough. And how big would that be for Wood Brothers Racing? That would be win number 100 for the Wood Brothers. Oh, by the way. In Virginia. Yeah. Home track. The the party on the front stretch would be bigger than Jeff Gordon a couple of years ago. So with that, we're going to say thanks to our social media partners, Mike Garrity, Megan Kolb, and the folks at 3 Wide Life, as well as Bob Steele, Susan Mason, Bill Holt behind the glass and all the folks at PMN that make this show possible. So for Tom Baker, Cisco Scaramuza, Hunter Smith, Kyle Souza and all the rest of our Race Chaser Online staff, I'm Jacob Seelman saying thanks to special guest Ryan Vargas for joining us tonight, reminding you to keep it off the wall. And if you're going to Martinsville this weekend, we might just see you at the racetrack. Folks, have a safe racing weekend. Good Good night. You've been listening to the Stock Car Show on the Performance Motorsports Network. Stay tuned to Performance Motorsports Network for more race talk. For the latest motorsports news, visit racechaseronline.com. The Stock Car Show is a copyrighted production of the Performance Motorsports Network. www.performancemotorsportsnetwork.com. A member of the Scorpion Radio Group Incorporated. And may not be rebroadcast, replicated, or saved in any media without the explicit written permission of PMN. Check out our Facebook page or our section on the PMN website. The opinions expressed on the program are those of the host, co-host, and guests, and do not necessarily reflect those of the management and ownership of either the Performance Motorsports Network or Scorpion Radio Group Incorporated, the advertisers, or the marketing partners. Be listening again next week when the Stock Car Show returns on Thursday night at 7 Eastern. Until then, stay tuned for more great motorsports programming on the Performance Motorsports Network.